Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hey friends, welcome back. I have Holly McNeil here today. She is the creator of Her Love. It's a mindfulness and meditation guide, technique, however you feel to formulate the words. Um, Journey. Journey, yes. Uh, She's going to come in today and not only talk about how she created this program, but also her backstory. So thank you so much. We're finally together recording this episode. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you, Cheyenne. And I, and I have to tell you, timing's everything. When we connected, I don't know how long ago it's been now, two or three months ago, mm-hmm. or maybe even longer, right? I was just thinking today that this is the perfect time because these practices continue to evolve and my experiences continue to to develop. And I think for, for your show and, and the depth of your audience, I think this is the perfect time. So here we are. I believe in every word that you just said because I have I've had that happen with multiple people who are like we're ready to go we're ready to go and then something happens in either or of our lives and then finally right. when we get in we're like actually it feels right now like it's amazing how you don't realize it until you're actually in the moment and you have a lot of gratitude and retrospect for divine timing but in the moment you're like I want to do it now I'm ready to speak now yeah. absolutely absolutely the divine timing I love that putting it that way for sure so this is it this is the divine timing this is the day <laughs> So talk to me about Per Love and really what it is first before we talk about what inspired you to create it. Okay, so Per Love is an acronym. It stands for Pledge, Evaluate, Recognize, Locate, Open, Best, and Expand, which we'll get into the detail of that later. But what it really is, is a journey uh, that will take you from, can take you from the small and isolated to however far you want to go, to the infinite, to yourself, to the door, you know, the first three practices take you to the door of self-exploration. And then it's really up to you how far, you know, if you want to get all the way to be expanding beyond your condition limits. And so it's a mindfulness and meditation set of practices that, as we talked about, starts with just six minutes a day for all of you out there that are looking for the quick fix. And um, yeah, it's, I created them, uh, they, they came into being, they showed up, uh, I, I about two years ago, I've been teaching them online since a year ago, January, and I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback because it's. I'm actually an architect. I, I've done large hospital work nationally and internationally across the country from coast to coast, and so my 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 gift is clarity and, and putting big puzzles together, which you have to do to build hospitals and other things. And so these practices are actually based and influenced on all the teachers and gurus that I encountered over a 20 year journey, which we'll, t- we'll get into more here, but it's, it's not that I'm making any of this stuff up. It's just, they all seem to point back to a few simple truths. And these practices are kind of the, you know, A plus B equals C uh, package of those truths. So they're definitely a combination of like experiences you went through over the last probably like 34 years, I would say. Well, it started when I was 34, but the journey was about 20 years long. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. I want to make sure I get those number right. So when you go all the way back to like where it began, because I see a lot of, you know, like stepping stones that have created this program and this person Mm -hmm. and 
all of the work that you're doing now? It obviously comes from a lot of direct experience and a bunch of different facets. So when did this exploration into this happen for you? Well, it it happened at a very, very low point when I was at age 34. And I, I just finished the Hollywood Fringe Festival this last June. And I had this opening monologue in it, which was hard to do. And by the way, I'm glad I did it, but I'll never do it again. <laughs> they don't call you a Hollywood fringe vest- or veteran for anything. For, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know what it is, it's just a con- you just can do a show. You, you produce it, you write it, and you're up there with 300 other shows and acts trying to get people to come. And anyway, it was really cool. But I had this opening monologue, right? In the beginning of the monologue, I talk about how when I was young, I learned I was unlovable and unworthy. Right, so I created the perfect world to to hide my perceived flaws, right? And I was really, really good at it. I had, not only was my career, you know, flourishing, I had my, my handsome husband and I built a beautiful home for our two lovely children, where we housed our nice cars and hosted our great friends. But the foundations of that life was flawed, right? Based on, you know, my own insecurities, um, anxieties, feelings of unworthiness, and at age 34, that all imploded. Just huge, you know, a lot of things happened. And basically sitting on the toilet in the middle of the night, just bawling my eyes out, I made this vow. Life, God, Buddha, the universe, anyone out there listening, please give me another chance and I'll do better. Give me, give, give me a second chance and I'll change. So Cheyenne, I was given that second chance with my karmic debt in tow. I went out to make good on that vow. So age 34, yeah, I'm 56 now. So, oh my God, you right. You know what? It, it's right around the time of nine 11 actually. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the whole yeah. world was in this horrible, horrible place. Yeah. And I was, I was right there along with it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, I just went back to obviously where I was at nine 11 and I definitely wasn't in anything that you were experiencing. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. literally in my backyard in a small town doing a candlelight vigil for everybody with our family members, you know? Wow, beautiful, yeah. Already like going through all of that and then the collective sadness of the world that we all felt at the same time. I mean, literally like the world was falling on your head is what I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I was so lost and so stuck back then, which is what, you know, which is who I'm trying to reach these days. I didn't even know what better was. I had no idea what I had just vowed to do. I just knew it had to be better with what I was experiencing. And of course, what the world was experiencing back then with such a low, low place. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of I mean, everybody was frightful. We can we can definitely all attest to that, especially if you Mm -hmm. were in New York. I mean, I'm sure they still have support groups over it. I can't even imagine being around any of that. But sitting it's definitely like a moment of clarity in a sad way to be like sitting on in your bathroom in the middle of the night because oddly like my bathroom is like my safe space where I know nobody's gonna come in and bug me so like I've released (laughs) some stuff in there so like I feel you when you say like oh I'm crying in the bathroom in the middle of the night and I'm like please okay like I realize I've not necessarily gone the wrong path because I don't ever want anyone to think like they've gone a wrong path. There really isn't like a right or wrong. You know, it's a part of the journey and Mm -hmm. realizing, releasing awareness, all of that fun stuff. But like I can picture you in that bathroom and I'm like, I've been in that bathroom. Like I've had these 
same conversations with the celestial divine connection up above where I'm like, you hear me, right? Like I didn't mess up so bad that like you, you can't hear my cries. Cause I just, I just had an epiphany. Um, and I, and is it too late? You know, those were always my things that I'm like, am I too late? Am I too late? Am I too late? Yeah, I was so scared and so lost and, and, you know, like I said, on the outside, it looked like I had it all, but I, you know, it was the lowest point of my self-absorbed, anxiety-filled, unhappy life. And yeah, I, I got that second chance, you know, it wasn't too late. And, and, And you're right. Every, it took me, I guess I needed to be, to get that stuck to want to get to where I am today. And, and unfortunately for a lot of people, it takes that, right? It takes that rock bottom moment or that there's gotta be something better than this moment. But I made that vow, Cheyenne, and, and keeping it, it wouldn't be easy, right? The first thing, it, it catapulted me out of a mutually manipulative and controlling marriage and into an eight year battle for my children. It would take everything I had back then, which wasn't much at all, to prevent my children's permanent alienation from me I had been my father had been alienated from us as a child and so that's where I got my he doesn't love me anymore what did I do wrong mm-hmm. my unworthiness so I knew how important it was to stay in that fight but towards the end of the battle my boys came to me and they said mom we're going on vacation with dad and we're not coming back and they're 13 and 15 at this time and I knew that that taking them to court to to protect the custody I already had could need them potentially have to having to testify against me mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that to them you know but something told me I had done enough and so I took off the, my armor I laid down my sword and I left that battlefield forever I was I was temporarily alienated from them for a number of years actually and but during that same time and keep in making that vow and keeping it I tripped upon this amazing path right we don't have to know how we're going to get to where we're going to get to we just have to put that intention out there and believe it to be true and stick with it they started giving me answers when i needed it and the right people situations and events to help me along my way like those eight years for example i needed that like every day you know trying to be strong in front of the boys and then just crumbling when they were gone you know trying to find that strength every day trying to realize there's more than other more than myself in this world i mean i definitely learned the story of other during those eight years but i needed those i mean of course i hated them being in the middle but those eight years changed me you know and and i don't wish them on anyone but i I don't regret them for myself personally well i mean i think when you talked about rock bottom, you know, a lot of us are trained rock bottom as like getting into really bad habits and disregarding responsibilities and just like truly falling down like a dark, dark hole, whether it's like a drug addict, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Your rock bottom was being so egotistically successful that it stifled your soul to the point that you're like, you literally broke. So I, I want to like honor all of the things that you did because I think it's amazing that you went to school. I think it's amazing you're an architect. And yes, those are all of the building blocks that took you there, including the horrible divorce and anything with kids just absolutely breaks my heart, especially when proper co-parenting isn't a thing. Um, It wasn't like a big co-parenting wasn't a word when I grew up either. So Mm -hmm. like my heart always goes out because I was a kid who didn't have like really good co-parenting. Like, yeah, they could drop the kids off together, but they still like talk shit about each other, like to the kids. 
you know, and right, that's right. kind of like their unhealed stuff. But I recognize that now and there's a lot of forgiveness. But there was a documentary I saw where this guy, he had kind of like gotten really big in the corporate world, but he had also died inside. He was just an empty shell. So like he cashed out everything and went and started looking for like the meaning of life. So, you know, how we all do and we're like, well, you know, that guy sitting up in the Himalaya only eating berries, you know, levitating seems pretty peaceful. So like, what is he doing? You know, because we're so allured with the physical world, especially in America. There's so many distractions that like this is it. And, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a distraction. So he was sitting on the side of this river with this guy of. I, I don't even know how to say it, but just picture like the robe and the ash on his face sitting there and, you know, lotus for days speaking as if it was God coming to you through him. And he said, you know, why do people go down the path of materialism and success? And when they do, they get everything they want. Why do they, you know, almost want to like kill themselves? They're like, oh God, mm -hmm. I did it wrong. I did this wrong. And he said the greatest reply that I remind myself and others all the time and he says the ego has to succeed. It has to get the job. It has to get the degree. It has to get the car. It has to have the kids. It has to have the wife or the husband. The ego has to su succeed at everything. And then when it does and it's still empty, that is when the spiritual journey begins. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. holy shit. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. I didn't feel it, that it's interesting. I anymore. recently... I, I call one of my classes the main class that, that's free to people. We'll talk about that later. The Lost Formula to Happiness. And I was speaking to to someone, and they're like, "Well, happiness was back in the '80s, you know, and and, and NLP and and all the mind or the NLP is neuro linguistic programming, yep. right?" And and so I started questioning some of my peers and some of my mentors. What do you think about the name of my of my class, The Lost Formula to Happiness? And we got to this conclusion that what is happiness? What defines happiness? And it's exactly for a lot of people what you say, what the ego needs, and the, and the ego defines happiness as that car, as that relationship, as that as that person in your life, you know. But I define, but life is messy, right? And and and, and so you're going to have ups and downs regardless of your economic situation, your how you your gender identity, your your location, your race. And so I define happiness, as others do, as, as that balance, that middle way of being okay, regardless of what happens on the outside, right? That equanimity, that um, lack, lack of attachment, you know, between aversion and, and um, uh, what's the other word? Atta between attachment and aversion, being, being able to be at peace regardless of what's happening to you on the outside. Absolutely. And also, you know, uh, to, sorry to interrupt, but one of the things, things I like about these practices is yes, a lot of people hit, hit, hit rock bottom and go to the Himalayas and eat berries, but a lot of people don't have that opportunity to do that. And these practices can actually get you there. I, I'm telling you from experience, they can eat you there without having to, you know, go live in a cave or, or you know, become a monk or a nun. They're very practical and applicable, which is what is so joyful about them, I think. Well, the first time I found Buddhism, I was recommended. My friend had just moved to a new city, and he was just telling me what it was like to like truly be on your own and really try to like map your own road and the loneliness that comes in and the distractions and how you really have to 
truly hold yourself accountable for what you want to do. And it was, That's you true. know, the first time that he really experienced this. So he started getting into like, I think a little bit of yoga, definitely meditation. And he was dabbling in just researching Buddhism. Um, mm. So like he called me and he's like, hey, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. He's like, just check it out. Like it's fascinating. And it's stuff that where we came from, like we didn't know that this existed because again, information when we were growing up isn't the information age now, right? So the only right, thing we course. know is like Jesus is king and this is the Midwest. So like, <laughs> you, know, you really didn't, you didn't explore like past that. Um, so I remember anything this guy was ever like, hey, go check this out. I trusted him enough to be like, yeah, I'm totally going to go check that out. Whether it works for me or not, I still like, mm -hmm. you're, you know, you, uh, you speak to me. I will listen to you. And mm -hmm. as I started reading it, it felt like familiar and it made sense. And it answered right. a lot of the questions that a lot of the other religious places I had sat couldn't answer at all. And mm -hmm. I remember just being like, I'm, I think I'm literally just going to like give up on the whole 3D America aspect and like find a country and just like go live peacefully. I'm not saying mm -hmm. like I wanted to be a monk by any means, but I was like, there's something missing here. And I've known it mm -hmm. and have been reminded from it like over and over from a really, really young age. So when you came across Buddhism, like, what were your full, first, like, breadcrumbs from it that you're like, this is transformational, this is revolutionary to my soul? Yeah, actually, like like I said, from the very moment I made this vow, I, the, first, the first book I tripped upon was um, You Stand Up For Your Life by Cheryl Richardson. And in the introductory, it says, be careful what you ask for, because the people, things, and events will show up in your life, and, and they do, right? And so there's, there's a series, and it, the, the practices are a culmination of neuroscience, psychology, spiritualism, and Buddhism. But for me, when I, I, I was literally, I'd moved, I kept moving, I'm from the Black Hills of South Dakota, I kept moving to Minneapolis to grow my spirituality and my career, and then I moved to, to New York. I literally Googled, you know, meditation near me, and this is just how things kept showing up. It's all about mindset. When when Buddhism and things show up in your life, that means you're ready for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so one mile away from my, my, my office, I went to this class and it was it was on uh, they have general programs, a new Kadampa tradition of, of Buddhism. And and the second class it was a great class on compassion or giving and taking, I don't know sure. But this, after the second class, I heard another student walk up to the teacher and say, hey, is there a deeper class that I can take? And she said, you know what? We just finished a five-year book study on um, Joyful Path. And in two weeks, we're starting a new book study on a book called The New Heart of Wisdom, which was all about enlightenment. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Right, because I had seen in uh, this kind of little space in my mind, it, which we can talk about later. But the fact that I showed up, I had moved from Rapid City all the way to to New York City area, and like within two weeks, this two-year book study, just step by step, moment by moment, into emptiness and awareness, and and what it all meant was just it was just a, there for me. And 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 like everything else, it, it just blew me away. Every time I read any piece, of, like you said, if if you're ready for it, these things will answer your questions. Mm -hmm. And and I find that Buddhism, I practiced Buddhism for five years. I lived in a Dharma house 
Yeah, age 49, I once again packed up everything I knew, left, packed up everything I had, left everyone I knew to move across the country and live in a Dharma house in San Francisco. And I lived there for a year. And and ironically, they were on the same book because I was halfway through the book, almost on the same page, which is amazing. Oh, talk but about I learned, Yeah, yeah. The timing of everything, Cheyenne, yeah. has been amazing. But I think it's that way for everyone if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Buddhism and the practices, and, and it's all right there. But I find that for a lot of, even though the new Kadampa tradition is, is kind of talked about as westernized Buddhism, Right? A lot of the times the clear concepts are harder still to understand the Westerners, right? And so that's a, the whole second part of the formula is about those spiritual practices. So, so yeah, I loved it. And it, it was, it just brought a lot of clarity to me, but it wouldn't be until uh, the COVID pandemic. So my whole journey was between 9-11 and the COVID pandemic that I was um, reading a book <laughs> I had read before. A lot of times you can read a book and you're, you're not in the same place. You read it 10 years later and it's like so much more comes out. Mm-hmm. But I read this book called um, You Can Be Happy No Matter What by Dr. Richard Carlson. He wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And at the very beginning, it's like five principles to happiness. And at the very beginning of that book, there's this teeny tiny little kind of credit. Oh, by the way, the first four of these principles, the principles of feeling, the principles of mood, the principle of separate realities, and the principle of thoughts, they're all, I took out of this other book from the 1980s called, and you're going to love this title, Sanity, Insanity, and Common Sense. (laughs) A new breakthrough to happiness. A book that never went anywhere, a book that didn't get any kind of recognition, but I read that book and in reading that, it just tied everything together. And and one day I printed out this book proposal and I looked over and I could see it all. It was amazing. It was amazing. So not just the Buddhist aspect of it, but, but the neuroscience and the spirituality and the psychology all pointed back to these things. It, it, it still blows me away to talk about it, you know? So I'm just happy to be here and joyful and grateful um, to be able to share these with as many people as I can, you know, with the, with the time I have left. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love when you're feeling the gratitude from a past memory, like over and over and over. It really just adds to the vibrancy of the present moment. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I know I, I went through this crazy thing, but oh, do you remember how you feel when, you know, this connected and this connected? Again, I call them the, like the little breadcrumbs. Now I call them glimmers. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that meme going around? everyone's talking about triggers and then they're like do you know what a glimmer is because it's like that moment of happiness and Mm. hope you know you can hold on to those two you don't always have to focus on the trigger of everything so i've been looking for all the glimmers in it and that's like like epiphany is like one of my favorite words karma and epiphany are two of my favorite words not to steal your Mm -hmm. story but i do want to interject um i have them tattooed on my wrist and I tattooed on my wrist at 18. So 18, I was getting ready to go to like a college party at my friend's place back in Macomb, Illinois. And I stopped Mm -hmm. at the tattoo shop and I was like, I need to put karma on my wrist. And he was like, okay. And I was like, it's like, without knowing it, like, you know, it's like the channel thing. Like this needs to be a part of me. This needs to be in front of me. It's like if I had a spirit guide yelling at me, they're like, the only way she's going to get through this is if we tattoo reminders on her body. Like, yeah, yeah. God, like that's kind of how it felt to me. So every time I would come up on a concept that I was really like married to for my life, 
Um, I would mm -hmm. be like, th this is literally like vitally important. It isn't just like, oh, I, I pick out cool words and put them on my body. Like these are my lifesavers. These are almost my mantras. These are my reminders of like what I'm doing here, what I'm, what I'm here for. But also how they talk to me is those little glimmers and those little epiphanies. So I did mm -hmm. them like a week apart and throughout my whole life where I've battled the darkness that I have in my own personal journey, when I have those memories of, oh my gosh, you remember how you felt? You know, you're talking to your past self. You're like, when you read that book, oh, like, like that first moment, that first enlightenment piece. And then to be able to bring the gratitude into the present is just truly yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah, epiphanies. I've had, I, I wish, I wish now that I've written them all down because they were just one right after the other, right? And it's very small, you know, miracles don't have to be huge, right? Yeah. It can be epiphanies and, and, and I've had, and they're there and they're available to people. If you open your mind to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not that, you know, you know no, we're all here. We're all humanity. I believe is, is con you know, consciousness experience, the evolution of consciousness. Right. So we're all here. We're not, we're all part of this kind of spiritual journey. So it, it's something that beckons for everyone who wants to, to be open to it and it wants to tattoo it on their wrists. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you have to do to get through your soul contract in this incarnation, I support <laughs> as long as you do not hurt anybody else. But I have been trying my damnedest for at least the last like, four years in front of my face focal point where I really had like the paradigm shift of the spiritual awakening aspect. But when you mm -hmm. retrospect on like, you know, kind of like you retrospect on your life where you're like, oh, did I take the wrong path? Like my focus my whole life was not vitality and living forever. I knew like from a very young age, it's almost like I was super pissed to be on earth, like from a soul <laughs> level. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, I'm here. Oh, you know, and yeah. then you just keep going down through all yeah. programming dogma blah 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 and you know yeah. by the end of it vitality wasn't my thing so i'm extremely passionate about finding ways to not only help my mind but my body mm -hmm. last because i'm like i actually want to live and i'm still trying to figure out how to explain how riveting and important that is when i talk about it because people are like well duh like you yeah. want to live and i'm like no you don't understand it was dark for right. a while it was pretty right. dark and I've pulled myself out of places that I wouldn't even send my worst enemy because I love them too. You know, and they just kind of right. look at you like you're crazy. But the union that you talk about, even when exploring Buddhism alone, because um, I know you've studied many more things than just that. I don't mean to just like highlight. Um, but there is like a one universal truth in that work that I've found that I enjoy. And it brings me closer to humanity and it makes me compassionate when I get into situations where like my vibrations rub up against someone that I'm like no no <laughs> you know I'm like oh we're one but how you know <laughs> right right and I think that's the part that is missing uh you know in, in western society and that's kind of the first three practices you know when, when you hear the con buddhist concept of emptiness you know, it's so hard to to kind of get your head around because we're we're so trained in our own tech, our own thoughts, emotions, and feelings mm -hmm. that the first three practices of per love help you to understand what emptiness is. When you you're growing your awareness, you're creating that space. You know, clearing out one thought, emotion, or feeling at a time. 
And when you do that from your own perspective, from your own point of stuck, wherever you are, you and you start to see that space and sense those aha moments of wisdom that come through, you start to understand what emptiness is. You start to see it from your, you start to get clarity on, on what it is. Now they say enlightenment is beyond our own, you know, beyond thought, right? There's a vast realm of intelligence beyond thought and we can't actually understand fully what it is. But in, but in finding your own way, which is totally doable, and, and something, one of the things, Cheyenne, that I struggle with is that I am an architect, right? I've done a lot of, of, of work, but I'm not, I'm not certified as, I'm like, should I get certified in NLP? Should I, my, my, my qualifications are my experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I know that there are many, many people in, that are in where I, in the place that I was. And so part of me just wants to say, no, you don't even need any of that certification. You can find your way. You can create this, you know, mind training matters, right? Absolutely. Above all else. And, and it's there. And, and if you do create and grow your awareness, um, kind of on your own, you will start to understand what emptiness is and some of these Buddhist concepts that when you just go straight into it, a lot of times it takes two years of deep study to even kind of fathom what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The studying is probably my favorite part now. I was never like a super dedicated student. I just always wanted to like run, run, run. Like direct experience is our best teacher. That's what mm-hmm. I read in a book and that's what I remind myself if I'm really good at a new experience or I really hated a new experience. And I repeated a lot when I really hated the experience because I was like, what a freaking waste of time, blah, 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 blah. I only have so much time on this earth. I can't believe I did this. And then like I quit beating myself up about it and I come back to the same thing you do where as much as I love to study, as much as I understand from like a safety aspect and just like knowing your knowledge certifications or like the proof system that we've still limitedly come up with. Like, I've met a lot of people with bachelor's degrees that are jackasses. So I say that with a humble heart. Um, So I've, like, I've been around a bunch of supremely educated people from their certification standpoint, but Mm -hmm. they still hadn't put anything into action. And then when I meet people in certification programs, they have put so much of the curriculum in action because the curriculum makes you actually experience it instead of just sit there and have someone tell you and you like pass. Like it's definitely a mix of both, but I feel the same way as you, especially if I have to like work with a new person in any capacity and you get with that person that obviously feels safer if they know the practitioner um, has some sort of certification on the wall. I was like, Let's just have a conversation. Like, I can tell you the experiences that I've had that have qualified me for this. You know, here's my boundaries. I won't go past here. And hey, just so you know, this is what I'm studying. And this is what, what I plan on studying. Like, it's just a very transparency in the right. experience that I've found. But I, I feel right. you on the, my qualification is my experience. Like Exactly. I, you know, when you just sit you were talking, I'm like, hey, I'm certified in the per love practices okay mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i i yeah and so i guess that's my point that's why i don't think it's uh, you know that i i kind of balk against getting that kind of training it's like this is something available to everyone right to anyone yeah who wants to start this and but, it, but one of the biggest things it takes dedication you must you must do it you must you must listen to i tell people if you don't if you only get one thing from a talk you hear from me 
is if you want to learn something, if you want to do something, if you want to create it in your life, make it habit, you must do it over and over and over and over and over again. Because basically in mind training, we're retraining, we're taking old patterns that are they're kind of all stuck together in our neural net, right? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to we're trying to unravel those, find that space to create new patterns in our lives. And that takes time because for years we may have been practicing anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. making those habits very strong. So so yeah, that's that's my jam, I guess, is that you know, I've been there, done that, and that it's available if anyone, anyone had mother i was you know i was a single mother i was working full time for most of this journey and so yeah a lot of people i want to make it available for anyone who wants to find their way mm-hmm. it's for the collective it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who what where you are it's for you your soul you to dedicate to yourself i love having options especially in mm-hmm. healing some things work better than others, but most of the things I've tried, I really do keep them in my Mary Poppins bag because I love every stinking one that I've ever done. They've really impacted me. And when you talk to me about um, your past self, I always like to say the lower octave of yourself that you've evolved from, you know, up to here, um, just to send her some love. I, I picture so much cortisol being dumped in your system, whether you realized it or not. Like I see a consistent normalcy in the fight or flight being used improperly just in architecture in your marriage in your kids life in your daily schedule so not to mention i see supremely left brain because you're an architecture so when i see you transitioning into not only opening up the right side of your brain connecting both of them um, spiritually and scientifically do you remember what it felt like to feel calm and peace the first time? Like when you had the realizations of, oh, I've actually been operating in this capacity for so long. And how the hell did I do that for so long? Actually, for me, everything was just so small, just bit by bit by bit by bit, mm-hmm. that it, it, it there wasn't really like this big, there's some aha moments with the, with the, practices kind of pulling them together but it was just i was just so hungry for anything that showed up and and so for me it was just this it wasn't it took me 10 years to even realize what i was looking for you know and once i did and and it it, and you're right about the normalcy right it was my architecture can be hugely adversarial um the anxiety my own self-loathing and dealing with a bad divorce totally always and yeah, every so so your thoughts, of course, create chemicals that then send them down to your body. You're, and every cell in your body has receptors, thousands of receptors. And the more chemicals they get for anxiety or or self-loathing or whatever, they split. And there's even more. So every cell in my body would scream that guilt is a big one for me. Right? Yeah. I would wake up in the morning, feel the guilt, and then my brain would look for a reason to feel guilty, right? To validate that pattern. So it. I do know what it feels like now to be in that peace and and to relax into that uh, conscious awareness, which is amazing, (laughs) you know, but for years I had stomach issues and I still do. And actually I'm just in the point now where I'm like, okay, I'm going to heal those stomach issues, you know, Um, because I was so gone. I was so gone, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that um, it just took me all that digging that I do know what it, what it feels like now, but to answer your question, there wasn't some big, 
you know, it just... Yeah, and I, I, I had little moments before that. Um, like I had one where we ended a yoga practice and I felt gratitude for the first time and like true bliss and happiness. And this was mm -hmm. a week before I actually the week of my kundalini awakening this was the first breadcrumb so we'd finish you know i bowed to her namaste and i felt this rush of energy like shoot up through my root and my heart started beating a million miles a minute and it hit my face and it hit my head and i could just feel it go all the way through my crown and i didn't have this terminology at the time like not as fluent as i speak it now i'm like can this really be happening to me? Can this be happening to somebody like me? Like I'm a, I'm from a small town in Illinois. Like, you know, this, <laughs> this stuff doesn't happen to us, right? Like it's All not, right. it wasn't in my framework that they gave me that this was even possible for me. So I was like, mm -hmm. what is going on? What's going on? So like I went off to the bathroom and literally like sitting on the toilet <laughs> after class and I was bawling hysterically the happiest, most beautiful, grateful tears. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm I can't believe I can't believe this and I was like I'm alive I feel alive I'm alive oh my god I'm alive and I could like feel again and I wasn't numb and I was just like shaking and my eyes were all big like it looks like I just like threw up or something when I came out and she was like are you okay and I was like there's so there's so much going through my body right now like I could just feel the frequencies going through me and I was like I'm so happy and I'm so grateful and I just, I just want to go like save the fucking world. I just want to go hug exactly. everybody. You know, like I accidentally took ecstasy at the end of class. Like that's the only thing I could have compared it to. And I just remember the gratitude. Like I don't think that I ever in my life had felt gratitude, especially to that capacity. And that was one of those moments where I was like, all this stuff that I've been reading and loving and researching about, like this is real. This is, mm -hmm. this is happening to me. Like I'm transforming. I'm, I'm finally like shucking away that like darkness that had been with me the whole time. And I'm like, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> I thought I was going to die still. I, I can't believe it. So we, we always talk about like some people, they have just like water drops where it's like, they just like tap yep. and then other people, it's just like, bam, wake yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's different for everyone. Yeah. You definitely had that, you know, but for me, I definitely, I mean, I, I have so much gratitude, but mine was more of the water drops, right? And a few kind of moments like, what is that clearing I see, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, oh, wow, that feels good, or this is amazing, you know? And then the, the point, the goal then is to stay in that, to live in that kind of permanently, which is also a practice, but it's totally doable. And it, and it looks different for everyone, you know, depending on their karma and their intention and, you know, where they're at on their journey and... Mm -hmm. But I firmly believe, you know, we are we are consciousness, right? And and I and I say at the very end of my well, at the very end of the formula, it's like um, though your small isolated self, your thoughts, emotions, and feelings are trying to keep you trapped, your universal, all pervasive self is showing you in every person, place, or thing, every event in your life what you need to set yourself free. And I always am so admirable of people like you, Cheyenne, who knew kind of earlier on. You know, like you said, it, it, during 9-11, you were doing this candle vigil, right? And I was like, fooled, like, what the hell is that, right? So I really adm admire people that, that have that early on in life, where they're looking for that earlier on. Because I think a lot of this stuff should be taught in school, right? And why is it not taught in school? So for those people that have fortunate enough to have that early journey, 
as part of their that early kind of beckoning Mm -hmm. you know is wonderful i I just i love it i love to see it so that makes me happy that you pointed that out because so many stories flash through my mind when people remind me like how far back so many different like taps on the shoulder happened Mm -hmm. it it's just it just feels so homey and i spend a lot of my um incarnation realizing i'm just homesick from god like i just Mm -hmm. i think i really do just want to go home like even if like everything was super perfect here like i just found out i'm not from here and none of us are from here we're like playing earthlings so i when i realized that that's like the main part of maybe my loneliness and my sadness is i'm like i really want to go home um like i just like i've treated earth like a vacation and like a playground and an experimental place my whole life Mm. and i mean if you met any of my family members they would probably just crack up like oh you met cheyenne she (laughs) marches to the beat of her own drum you know they try to say it like as nicely as possible because i really I got to reject the normalcy that you actually did do. And there was a lot of fear in that normalcy for me. And it's just from going to college and being consistent in college. I didn't even know how I was going to do it or paying for it or what degree do you get? I don't even know what I'm passionate about. I gave up on my passions when I met my first love at 15. Oops, because like in my little Midwest mindset, I'm like, I just want to be in love and have a family and do things that I love, you know, and then you just... Spirit was Jesus. It wasn't Kundalini awakenings. It wasn't chakras. It wasn't vibration and frequency. It wasn't sound healing. It, it, none of that. Like it, I wasn't exposed to it, but I always had those breadcrumbs to go back to. And those are lifesavers for me. They're, they're mm-hmm. reminding me that I'm connected to something so much more than what is on this physical plane. And I'm so grateful for it every day. And I love when people point it out because I just absolutely tree branch off into my memory. And I'm like, does anybody have these moments in their lives? And why aren't yeah. we talking about the time ah. where we felt the hand of what God is to us touch us and go, you're here for a purpose. Okay, this, you have something going on. Right. Keep keep going, right. keep going, keep going. And then I love how you're talking about like the timing of everything, but I always think like the higher you rise, the more the opportunities like flow into you, meeting the new people. Like can you think of mm-hmm. like people during your journey where you're like, We were totally meant to meet, whether it was to work together, to be friends, little amount of time, you know, maybe they've been friends for twenty years. Because those are the people that I, like, I rock star the shit out of my friends for just how they showed up in my life at the time, too. Right. right. Well, for me, it was kind of the opposite, right? Because I didn't know what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. The people that showed up in my journey, my, my mother, my, my, my first husband, you know, and into my work and moving to, and being an architect, there's a lot of very big ego people there, mm-hmm. right? And I, and at one point, you know, I, I was trying to kind of run away from these people, but they kept showing up. And I thought I could set them all around the table because they're reflecting back at me what I need to see, right? So my journey was more about getting out of that huge, twisted ego piece. And that kept showing up, uh, showing up, uh, for me, but once I did that, once I kind of started, like I, I have made two intentions in my early 40s. The first was re- to retire from architecture before I turned 50, and the second was to have the time and space to thought about to write about what I thought I knew back in 2017. So uh, I retired two days before I turned uh, 50, and in 2017 I sat down to write. But 
ever since then, again, like everything had shown up. And for me, it's more like, like when I, when I discovered the practices, I, I wrote the book proposal and because I didn't, I didn't win the book contest, but in looking at the book proposal, that's what caused me to see the practices. And then I needed a place like an incubator and this, this program or this platform called Revel, these two women from San Francisco started this platform for women over 50 who just kind of need more in their life. It was a beautiful platform and it was wonderful and it was a wonderful incubator. I could teach these classes and I could, I could um, sharpen them and get feedback. And then that platform closed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, okay, oh, that. And so things have shown up in the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Well, showed up, an opportunity to do that. I'm thinking, I can't, I don't know if this is the right place for these practices, but I can't not do it. Mm-hmm. And in doing it, I had to create so much space to hold all the bullshit that came up in my mind to make, to actually produce it, write it, memorize it. And I have a huge respect for actors now and to actually go out and do it that, you know, I don't regret it at all. I learned so much from it. So for me, it's more about what kind of opportunities and events to kind of dig my way out of this massive kind of, like I said, neural net of of negativity. And so again, my hope is that people don't, people can see these practices and believe that there's a way. And, And just to be clear, you know, this, is just a path. Like you said, there are many, many paths, right? So it, of course they won't speak to everyone, but for those people, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take them 20 years. And so with dedication, no matter how stuck you are, no matter how lost you are, or what even, a lot of times you don't even know what you believe because you're so stuck in those old patterns. You can't see beyond what you believe. And so, so just to try to get out to people that are wanting to find that way, that there is a way and it won't take you hopefully 20 years to get there, I guess. Well, when you talk about, you know, we still want the quick fix in a way, like we want to see results. It's six minutes a day. Can we get into how amazing that is? <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the big the big um, draw for people. So it does start with one minute, six times a day. And so the first three practices, like I said, pledge, evaluate, recognize, or the cerebral part of the formula. And what we're doing well, the, with the pledge, right? Mm-hmm. We're pledging one minute, six times a day. So just close your eyes and watch your thoughts. You're not judging them. You're not pushing them away. We have six to 6,000 to 7,000 thoughts a day, mm-hmm. right? And so without awareness, we are creating from those thoughts. 80% are repetitive. No, nine, 80% are negative. 95% repeat. Right. So without awareness, we're creating our lives from these thoughts. So we're so what we're doing pledge in one minute, six times a day is creating uh, that awareness. And people go like, is that it? Is that all I need? Well, the great thing about a habit is, is if you do it one minute, six times a day long enough, it will start to happen automatically. Mm-hmm. Right. You will automatically start to notice the thoughts in your mind, which is the, which is key to start this program because you have to know what's going on in there if you're going to change it. So yeah, if anyone out there, you know, and actually anything you want to learn, if you if you read it six times a day or, you know, like there's a couple lines in a book by Jack Cornfield I'm, I'm looking at now that I want to know. So I go and I look at them, you know, many times a day. But yeah, one minute, six times a day is enough. Uh, it takes three times to even remember something, eight times to let it sink in, but 21 days to make a habit. 
So if you do this starting 21, you know, for the next 21 days, you will start to notice. And I teach a form class and people are like, yeah, I notice that I'm more aware of my thoughts throughout the day. So that's what we're doing. We're pledging that one minute, six times a day. And, and if you just start there and then you notice that it'll work, you may want to go further. So. So, I'm like, do, keep going. Tell me, tell me more. Okay, so, so pledge, evaluate, recognize. Yes. So, there, and so e, the first E is evaluate. And there's a poem by Robert Blythe, the late activist and writer, um, called The Long Black Bag We Dragged Behind Us. And about 10 years into my journey, a, a great therapist had given me a CD by John Kabat-Zinn, which even before my Buddhist study, I knew how important it was to listen to things over and over and over. So I listened to it over and over and over, and I memorized it, and I transcribed it, and then I lost it. So, And it was pirated. Sorry, John, so I can't even tell you which one it was. But in it, he gives this beautiful explanation of, of Robert Bly's poem about when we're young, how we take parts of us that we feel are, are not acceptable, and we reject those parts. We stuff them in this bag. Right? Good girls don't do that. Good boys don't behave that way. And so as we continue to grow, we take part, we reject these parts of us and we keep stuffing them in the bag. And, now, and, now, and then as we grow, as, although, though the bag is long and heavy, we forget what we stuffed in there in the first place. Okay? But what I call the happiness thief, our thoughts, emotions, and feelings that does not forget. The happiness thief lives in the bag, right? Mm -hmm. So when evaluate, we're going to evaluate what the hell we shoved in the bag. Right? We're looking for thoughts, emotions, and feelings that are flying under the radar, yet we're creating from. Right? Things that we become unfamiliar with, yet we're attached to. Mm -hmm. Because you can have things that you've completely forgotten about, yet you're attached to them through habit, through this neural net of connection. So when evaluate, it's the hardest part of the formula. You go in layers. Right? You just start at the beginning. You know, it's things you might know for anxiety, negative self-talk. You identify those as targets for change. You can start with some easy ones. Finally, that takes us to recognize. So we've, we've pledged to make a habit of watching our mind. Right? We've evaluated our targets for change. And then in recognize, we recognize them as they come up in our daily lives. Right? I tell people, like, do me a favor. I want you to think of it as your brain, as your thoughts, like your thoughts, emotions, and feelings highway with all the horns honking and screaming and yelling. You want to be sitting in your easy chair next to the highway watching it all go by. Right? So and recognize when you see those patterns come up in your daily life, you need to recognize them as separate from yourself, right? As something on that highway. Then, and when you do that, you start to create space between yourself and your thoughts, emotions, and feelings. Space in which you can respond to them wisely, right? And in responding to that tough wisely without attaching to it, without struggling in it, you start to create more space. And that, that starts to nerve cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together, right? And it starts to create this neural net and space for these aha moments to come through, even moments of peace, okay? Mm -hmm. Now that's it, right? And so that's the practices. You do it over and over and over and over. You go back for the next few layers in your bag. You start to recognize them as separate from you. You create this space. And, and, and of course, it, it you know, just you need to. Hear, I have it in a recording in a class. If anyone wants to get these practices and the and the and the teachers behind them, but in creating that space, you're starting to create that 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 you're growing your awareness, 
And then that awareness then brings you to the door of love, right? Of the locate, open, best, and expand. So uh, any questions on purr? Should we, should I go into love? Oh, I'm eating this up so hard. Just keep going. We'll, okay, we'll so, recollect right, so, at the end. So these practices are they're, they're designed to go, you can go back and forth. I mean, I still go back to evaluate. You're always going back to evaluate, looking what the next layers are in your bag. But eventually, when you start to recognize, you create this space, you locate L, right? You locate the space that remains when the TEF is removed, right? And at first, it might be small, and at first, things are going to show up to you in glimpses, because often the old patterns are going to come back, right? But when you find, when you locate the space, you, you hold it as an object of meditation for as long as you can. And you'll know it because, it's, it's, because of its authentic silence, because of the wisdom that comes through, because of the clarity, right? It, it, you'll feel it. You can feel it. It's the absence of thought. It's the, it's the wisdom that, that exists beyond thought. And when you hold it as an object of meditation, you might notice that the first, for the first time that it has movements beyond your body and mind, that it's expandable, right? So you spend as much time as you want locating that space. And once you do, you take it from your head and you drop into your heart, from your head to your heart. Because they say the true nature of your mind is found in your heart. The true, our true nature is found in our heart. So then we owe, using our power of imagination, which is highly underutilized, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't believe that what they can imagine becomes real, but that's actually how it works. So we use our power of imagination to oh, open our heart. And at first, you're not going to feel anything because it's not something you're used to, right? It's not a pattern or a habit in your brain. But when you do it long enough, you can just imagine it opening, opening, and opening. You can imagine it like a light bulb that turns on and just shines out, or a waterfall that overflows and it gets enough water. And at some point, it's going to, oh, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel physical sensations in the body. It can be a cough or a, or a, or a choking or, or not choking. But you, can, you actually can feel Whenever I open my heart, I literally can feel it, right? And this flow comes out, this amazing flow of energy. You know, they talk about higher and lower vibrations. How you talked about, um, you know, the higher level of consciousnesses. But this flow comes out. That is the flow of life, right? That is the, the universal flow that we are actually creating from, whether we're aware of it or not, right? We, we, we take energy from that flow. So then we vest or invest, if you will, in that flow, right? We spend time in that flow because on the universal compassion, unconditional love, and infinite wisdom there, because you will learn so, so much about yourself in that flow. You can spend so much time in that flow and these uh, you know the more you do it has the power to blow your tap away at, at a much faster pace and you can listen you can listen for the wisdom to come through but best also means to invest in the obstacles that show up in your life as i said um your small isolated self your happiness thief your black bag is trying to spew all of this stuff at, at you to keep you stuck to protect its programming the mind you will meet with resistance when you come to change the stuff, because you know the mind is, uh, it's got this kind of survival mode to keep its programming in place. So, so, uh, so your small kind of isolated self is using all your thoughts, emotions, and feelings to keep you stuck. Where your universal, all pervasive self is showing you in every obstacle in your life what you need to set yourself free, like we talked about. So the universe has your back, people. Pay attention. 
And then we get to the last E in for love, expand, which is expanding beyond your conditioned limits. And for me, not for you, Cheyenne, as you said, but for me, finding happiness may maybe a lot more subtle than you expect. And there's a slight shift in perspective and you realize that you and the world around you are one and the same, right? That um, there, there's two journeys they say to go on. One is till you get this glimpse. One is takes almost the entire formula, pledge, evaluate, recognize, locate, open, invest. But at some point along this line, you're going to get feel this glimpse of expansiveness, right? Mm-hmm. That you are one with 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 um, with everything. That this is that it is humanity that is a temporary piece here. This is a temporary experience of consciousness, the evolution Absolutely. of consciousness. Right. Underline, underline, so, underline. Go ahead. What's no, that? I just said underline, underline, underline that. Like, please, <laughs> right. if you're listening, yeah, right. if you so, don't understand. Um, so they say that uh, actual enlightenment is beyond our understanding, that there's, mm-hmm. like I said, this vast um, realm of intelligence beyond thought. But they do say that when you stop seeking, you have arrived. Right. And with that, uh, we've arrived at the end of the formula, which, of course, that's a very, very quick version of it. But it's backed up by many, many teachers and gurus that all kind of point back to this fact that if you grow this awareness, right, then you realize that you are this awareness. And then you can rest in this awareness, right? You can rest in this awareness and preserve this body and recreate this body and send it new messages to spend the rest of the time it, that you have in this wonderful experience called life to try to share this message uh, with others. Because you feel, like you said, so grateful. And it, it is so amazing to like, like consciousness uh, is, 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 humanity is consciousness recognizing itself, the ability to talk and communicate and share and evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, but you find that gratitude and that happiness, not in what's happening outside, because, but what you, what you know, what you know, the knowing, they call it, right? You rest in that knowing. And it's a beautiful, wonderful journey that I highly recommend to everyone, anyone. Yeah. Your program That's is amazing. It. It's amazing. It's, I'm lost for words on it, but for the beginners, the people who I created this show for, for the people in the future that will wake up and they need a guideline to understand when they start digging into themselves, like that purging and almost like that poison's going to come out of them. Um, I want to give them some tips and tricks for when their old habits do not line up with their new self anymore and they start feeling shaky in their new habits. Like I wanna, I wanna give some tips and tricks for the, the end part of that when that gunk starts coming out, so you can realize right. it's a part of it. It happens to everybody, because especially, again, like when you feel happiness and gratitude for the first time, you don't want to feel darkness ever again. Even though it's a part of your shadow work, it's a part of that side of you that you still have to work on. It's just the beginning. You you know, just to the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Right. So right. for you, based on your experience. What were some things that you were able to kind of recenter yourself, knowing that you're doing the right thing, even though you're you're walking through the fire in the time? Well, a couple of times, actually, Cheyenne, I did fall off my journey, kind of mm-hmm. let it go, and 
and life life is right there back like okay you're gonna need to you know it kind of slaps you like you know and, and so one of the tips is just to to realize that if you want to learn something it, the, the things are going it, life is hard life will never just always be bliss you are never going to be in those higher levels of consciousness right and so when you're in those lowers of conscious lower levels of consciousness you want to look for that space you created right you want to realize that those thoughts emotions and feelings are coming up and like a wave if you don't attach to them they have no choice but to dissipate right oh <laughs> underline that it's so impactful the way that you said that it has no Right. There's no That's choice, so right? If you don't it's attach really to a thought, it goes away, right? But if you, this, the moment you attach to it, you give it power, mm -hmm. right? And so if you find that your stuff stuck, you're stuck back in it, and you're suffering and you're struggling, that's going to happen. But, you know, as soon as you can, right, create that space, you know, you, I tell you, catch it, right? That, mm -hmm. In recognize, there's two ways. There's the direct way and the indirect way to recognize, right? Mm -hmm. The direct way is A plus B equals C, right? I I got the awareness, I see the pattern, I caught you, stinky little piece of shit, right? And once you catch it, right, what do you do with it? You welcome it, you have it sit next to you, you release it, you do anything but attach to it. But like you said, at first that's going to be difficult mm -hmm. because the happiness safe is not going down without a fight. You're going to meet with that resistance. We're also so, so there used is, to attachment, well, go ahead. right? Not to interrupt you, but we're so used to attachment. That's the other thing. Right. I wanted to interject, observe, don't attach. Like when I found my awareness, now I had to train myself because you're so used to being like the hero and taking care of everybody and doing everything. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm literally learning detachment and like compassion almost for the situation, right. but not empathically being like, ah, and like giving your life force energy to the situation. Well, that's not the point of it. It's not to martyr yourself in any of the situations. Right, right. That that's that's exactly right. That so uh, there's this wonderful indirect way to recognize, right? And that is this: acting in ways contrary to your patterns aids in creating that space between you and your thoughts, emotions, and feelings. Right. So by acting with compassion, gratitude, going for a walk, doing meditation, you are the, the, your brain's like, wait a minute, that's doesn't compute, doesn't compute, right? You're you're starting to break down those patterns and creating new ones helps you to see that stuff from a distance. The philosophy or the principle of thought I was talking to you about earlier, or the principle of feeling, is anytime you recognize a negative thought, emotion, or feeling, you should take it simply as a signal to turn around and walk the other way. You don't have to delve into it. You don't have to work through it. You just need to understand it, where it came from, right? serve it tea, have it come for dinner, right? Just don't attach to it. Mm -hmm. So you have to recognize that when you start to meet with this resistance, you should be celebrating, right? Because that's, you know, that's you trying to make that change and that's the brain resisting. So this is going to happen, right? And when it does, you know, go the indirect way, you know, offer yourself some compassion for what you're going through, gratitude for where you've been, sing a song, um, you know, go out and, and, you know, go for a stroll, go help someone else. And then you will have broken that attachment temporarily. And when you come back to look at it again, there'll be some more space. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's just a matter of really mind training. We're retraining our brain. Mm -hmm. And, and those old patterns are never going to go away. I mean, I still wake up sometimes with guilt and it's like, no, that's just the pattern. Mm -hmm. um, but when you do that and when you keep, 
doing that and you go the direct way or the indirect way to recognize and you start to create this awareness it will get easier right you just have to have belief in yourself and in this journey and and again if you want to learn something if if you read anything i have a free i have this class for free if you sign up for my newsletter on my website perloveformula.com if you sign up for my my monthly newsletter it sends you a link to this free uh, class it goes through each one of these practices and the teachings that, that they were developed from take that class listen to it it's an hour long listen to it over and over and over and over and over again right if that's where you want to start start with your one minute six times a day just do something consistently right and you will start to see change you'll start to see that path there. I have not done yours yet. I have looked over it and I was planning on doing it after we had our conversation, but just from diving through where you've learned to compile all of this information into this beautiful six minute exercise, friends, um, I, I'm already like this. There's no way this can't work. It has the neuroplasticity training. It has the repetition. It It identifies all the things that I really do think connect us. I think loneliness and unworthiness are two things that everybody, no matter how successful they are or, you know, if they lived all their dreams, like they still have that, whether it's an old pathway or it's still a live wire, they still have it in them. So even when you go to your website, which beautifully done, love your portrait, great, great presentation, by the way. But as I'm reading through it, like the words that you've caps locked for me, I was like, yes, yes. Like, I remember coming across this and I still like you, like, I still know that those old pathways will always be there to be like, hey, do you want to hang out today? Yeah. And I'm like, no, you know, because I have my Mary Poppins bag of vitality over here that I've learned from all of these people. But again, yours, ah, I mean, six minutes, man. And I mean, it's just packed full of wonderful amazing things i love that you sourced where it came from and you even tie your experience into it but Mm -hmm. before we get out of here i just want to say to my beginners that are like what the hell is going on you know cognitive dissonance is so real destabilization is so real when you're talking about this stuff that we're talking about so when she was talking about the pathways how it's like oh the old one will never go away picture like two pathways in your mind, right? And every day, like the new pathway is what you're building. Mm -hmm. If you keep building this new pathway, the other one starves. So when you're like, oh, I want to, I want to go back into my comfort zone. I want to go do this old thing. Walk down the pathway and see how your new self is like, you know, you're not supposed to be here. You know, you're not supposed to be here. Right. Cause that, that you're like, ah, I should have picked my new path. I didn't. It's never too late. It's honestly, if you're dead, it's too late. That's how I'm going to say it to you. But it's never too late. But Google neuroplasticity. Look at a diagram of how neuroplasticity works. Google the placebo effect, for goodness sake. Because I want you to empower yourself to realize that we've really been taught that we kind of are like, not in control of our brain somehow in the way that they've educated us. Like we're not in control of our body. 98% 98% of our DNA is junk, like all this right. bullshit. Right, so that's I'm, right. I'm here to tell all of you, my friends, my beginners, my advanced, whatever level you think you are at, like go just study these definitions alone and these diagrams to really just make you understand it more because it all correlates. They're all saying the same thing. Right, We're that's so right. much powerful, so much more powerful than we could have ever recognized. And I am extremely yeah. grateful to live in this time and also 
recognize the information in front of me and take it and yeah. run with it kind of like you yeah. did. Go, go watch What the Bleep Do We Know? It came out in 2004. I suggest, have you ever watched that movie? I'm pretty sure I started it, but you're reminding me to finish it. Watch it over. I've watched another thing I watched over and over and over again. Dr. Joe Dispenza is huge right yes. now. He starts out in that movie. He's in yes, that movie. Okay. He talks a lot about what yes. I'm talking about. Comes from that movie. It's got a part of it, partly Marlene Matlin's in it. It's got part story. If you want, if you, if you, if you're totally lost, watch that movie over and over and over again. And, and, and I appreciate what you said. Cheyenne, it's like, it's no way that these practices can't work mm -hmm. because I'm not making any of this up. This is simply a culmination of millennial old wisdom to modern day teachings. Yes. And um, well, yeah, and we have, a, we have a forum that. for people that want to deep dive into it. Mm -hmm. You can get the class for free, listen to it over and over again, or just listen to this podcast, right? Yeah, or this guys, show over and over and over again. Us. You will start to create those new, I, and I love the way you describe it because I used to call them cow paths. Like if you're from the Midwest, if the cows always go down yes. one place, all the grass is gone, right? I know exactly but if the cows start about. going another way, then the grass starts growing back up again. That path isn't as strong anymore, right? Mm -hmm. I also talk about it as you, you have to think of your brain as an ocean liner that you've been setting in one direction, and you're wanting to make it go this way. It takes time and energy to move an ocean line to go in a different direction Absolutely. but you can do it everyone can do it and and it's not hard or complicated all it takes is your attention absolutely so thank you yeah thank you so much for having me today oh thank you for coming on i've been so excited and i'm so glad we're here i can't believe it's over but i appreciate <laughs> you and your time and I really hope I look as good as you at your age because you are uh, extremely beautiful and vital for your age. And I know it's because of the hard work that you've done for yourself. So oh, you're going to make me cry. Thank if you. If someone hasn't told you that today, I'm so sorry because it's truly an inspiration to someone like me that's like, I just want to be vital. I'm not worried about the, oh my gosh, I have to look good. I just want to be healthy. I want my skin to be healthy. I want my body to be healthy. I want my soul to be healthy, my life to be healthy. So, well, thank you so much. Like You're I'm, very kind. I'm looking forward. You know, send the elevator back down because you made it, girl. You did it. Oh, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. Ooh. And hey, Yay. you're welcome here anytime. This is your safe space just as much as is mine. So anytime you want to come back on, tell us about any of your experiences. If you have a new program, whatever, you just hit me up and we'll hit record again anytime. Absolutely. Thank you so, and and thank you for what you. I'm I'm amazed at what what you're doing and 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 how far you've come at, at such a young age, which which I love that. So thank keep you. going. Thank you. I'm 18 at heart. I swear. Like, <laughs> we're going out in the world. All right. Well, hey guys, if you want to find Holly McNeil and her per love, you can scroll down like you always know how to do. Go past that description, read it later, and I have all of her links there for you. Don't forget to check out all the links I have, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us all over the social media. So before we get out of here, I have Nightcap for you again because I can't quit showcasing these guys for you. Like, I'm just... I love these guys so much. They're gonna, they're just gonna be so big. I already know it. I brought you Cheap Thrills today. Um, please go download it. I got the track loaded live. Not live for you, but on Spotify for you. But go check these out. This is the end of Cheap Thrills. I will see you the next time. I love you. My body's on the black